0: is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. So I put up the video on dealing with mean kids last week on Instagram, but I'm such an Instagram noob, as my kids would call it. Now they're not on Instagram, but they use the word noob when it comes to someone who doesn't quite know what they're doing. Now the good news is I discovered IGTV where I can do longer videos. So I would created a video and I thought I had to keep it under a minute and I just kept trying to edit it down to no avail, so I did a quick search and learned that if I set up IGTV and posted to that, I could still post it to my feed and it could be longer. So. The video is a bit shorter than I originally would have liked. I left a lot of information out that I would have liked to share and cover, but now that I know, I'll make the videos longer and cover more information. Also, when I found out that I could post longer videos, I posted the original intro video I made last June. I gave a little tour of our downstairs and share a little bit about my daily schedule and my life. So if you're curious and you want to check that one out, or both of those videos, you can go to my account at ironmom2020 on Instagram. I also just got back from Junior Olympics with my oldest son Carter on Monday afternoon, so I'll share a bit about that at the end of this podcast for those who are curious or interested. I actually learned some more cool things about swimming and how some of these meets work, and my son got some great life lessons too, so I'll talk about both of those, and they are both related to each other anyway. So today's questions are about aggression in a very young toddler and also aggression in a three, almost four year old. The first question is from Caitlin who wrote, hi Erin, I have recently discovered your podcast and really look forward to listening to your episodes every week. I have a question regarding my 13 month old's behavior and how to deal with it. She has had a short temper since she was nine months old, but it's getting progressively worse. Her daycare providers leave me incident reports almost daily when she hurts another baby in the room. She will bite and claw at other children to the point where there is drawing blood and has also recently started doing it to me and her dad. Whenever she doesn't get her way, she holds her breath and throws her head back followed by screaming and hitting, biting, scratching, and vibrates from anger while doing so. I am having a hard time dealing with this because I'm not sure if she understands me and it's getting worse as the days go by. Please help. So as we're seeing, aggression in these younger ages is quite common. It's a way of expressing emotions when they don't have the other tools or skills available. Now, while Caitlin's daughter is on the early side, it's not unheard of. Nine months is when babies start to develop their sense of self. This is when they realize that they are a separate person from others. Before this, as weird as it sounds, they see themselves as an extension of their main caregivers. So parents, and in some cases, their daycare provider, nanny, grandparent, or any other person who spends a large amount of time with them. Now, this is why we see separation anxiety start to kick in around nine months of age. And I cover this development more in detail in the class on your developing infant, so if you're curious to learn more about what's going on developmentally during this stage, how your baby sees and experiences the world, and or the other areas of infant development and all their capabilities, that class is on the website at yourvillageonline.com under the health and development tab. But to answer Caitlin's question on how to deal with this, So while babies at 13 months usually aren't talking a lot, they are understanding a lot. So she is understanding you. She'll understand most language, especially if you keep it in the positive. So stay away from things like don't stop or no, like no hitting, no biting. Keep things in the positive. But babies this age, toddlers this age do understand a lot of language. But when she's upset, a lot of it is not going to get absorbed. So think about when you're feeling angry as an adult, not annoyed, but angry, and someone's trying to describe their side of the story. We aren't listening. We aren't ready to listen because at that moment we're wrapped up in our own emotion and the reasons for it. And so we first need to move through that before we're ready to listen. And the same is true for our kids. There are a few options, both involve letting her work her way through the emotion first before explaining. So I remember my daughter doing this at this age, somewhere around 12 to 14 months she went through this as well. She is also highly persistent. She would get so angry and throw herself back on the floor. She'd hit her head and then she'd be even madder. The problem was that if I had given her attention and been like, oh, honey, you hit your head, that must hurt. It probably only would have increased the behavior because she would have gotten the attention she was looking for. So instead, I would say, I can see you're very angry. And this can be helpful because even though they're in the throes of a tantrum or a meltdown, it does help them put words to their feelings in that moment while they're feeling it. And then I would let her know, but I cannot help you until you calm down. Once you're calm, we will sit down and talk about it together. Then I would proceed to ignore her. I had to ignore her so she wouldn't get the attention she was seeking. I would just step over her as she laid in the middle of the kitchen floor having her meltdown and proceeded about my business of cleaning the dishes or prepping a meal. Then when she was done, we'd have a chat about it. I know you were angry that you couldn't bang on the pots right now, or whatever it was that she was mad about. Then I'd give the reason, and I'd offer another solution if there was a solution, like that she could go play with something else, I'd give an offer of other toys that she could play with. Now she doesn't have to like the answer, but it's a learning process, starting this early, that you don't always get what you want. It didn't take her long to stop this behavior because it wouldn't get her anything. What was funny is that she would then get mad. She'd look at me to see if I were paying attention and give me that defiant look. Then she'd plop down on her bum, then onto her back, and then lay her head down so she wouldn't hurt herself. But as she would plop her bum down, I knew what was coming. So I'd look away and go about my business. Again, not giving any attention to her attention seeking behavior because it was a negative type of behavior, a way of negatively trying to get my attention. Now the other option is just to completely ignore it and not say anything. And I say this because for some kids, for some toddlers, giving any attention can actually make the reaction worse and ratchet it up a notch or two. So if you find that this is the case, you can ignore it completely until your toddler calms down. And then explain that I know you were angry but we're still not having any crackers before dinner or whatever the case may be. Basically, the message you want to send is that the behavior will not result in attention that they're looking for. And once you do this, the behavior should subside very quickly. It should decrease drastically within a week to a few days. Then you also want to talk about ways to get your attention positively. And that's a whole other side to work on that I don't have time to get into. But I also want to add that I'm not very comfortable with the idea of her getting incident reports at 13 months old. She's really young and she may be more aggressive than most kids, but it's not something she's doing on purpose, meaning she really doesn't understand the consequences of her actions. She's not hurting other children on purpose and does not understand at all that this is hurtful to them. On top of that, there's nothing that you can do as a parent when you aren't there and it's really their job to manage that in their daycare. Now going back to my experience again, my son had an issue with a girl in his class around the same age, starting right around a year. There was a young lady who resorted to biting him quite frequently actually and the two of them really liked each other and they used to play together a lot but when she got upset she'd bite him and he would say, Katie bited me and he'd point to his hand where he had the bite marks. And for years, he actually remembered that, and she would, you know, more than one occasion. But he doesn't remember any of it now. But the school understood that aggression is common in young toddlers who just don't have a lot of skills yet or experience for explaining when they're mad or why they're mad or how to talk about it. And so, and a lot of times, they don't have a lot of language yet to even talk about it. So they react with biting, hitting, grabbing, kicking. And so they did their very best to have a provider nearby when Carter and Katie would play together to try to protect him. That's just part of the job. Now, you can also explain that these types of things hurt, that they hurt the other person, but empathy doesn't start to come on board until around the age of three, and then it takes a long time. So you can start explaining it now, and that's great, but it's really probably not going to start to take hold or understand until closer to the age of three, and even then it's gonna take some time. Now lastly, she does definitely seem to exhibit the temperament traits that show higher persistence and higher intensity, which have their positives but can be a struggle also, especially in instances like these. So understanding that and learning to deal with it can be very helpful. So if you wanna know more about that along with the other seven traits of temperament and ways to work within each of those and help their child within their temperament traits to stretch those out and learn from them, and also ways to leverage the positive pieces of each trait, you could see that class under the Health and Development tab, also on the website at yourvillageonline.com. Next, I'll get to helping some parents with tools for their four-year-old, who is also resulting to aggression when he gets mad, right after a word from our sponsor, parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home home threads love where you live now that we're back after the break it's time for the next question from kevin My wife and I are struggling with our son, who is almost four. He seems to be quite stubborn, and choices and 123 magic have helped somewhat. However, often, when we have succeeded in getting him to cooperate, he soon hits in an act of defiance, something like a slap in the face when we're bent down, smacking my wife hard on the stomach. She is seven months pregnant with twins. We can have a wonderful time snuggled on the couch reading, have forewarned him that after the book we have to stop, yet as soon as we move to get up, he lashes out physically out of frustration. He loves books and rarely wants to stop reading. Also, there have been several occurrences at daycare where he has hit other children seemingly unprovoked. In one instance, he grabbed a girl by the hair and hit her head off a window hard enough to leave a bump. He is intelligent and quite verbal, and we regularly discuss emotions and urge him to talk about them in addition to discussing empathy, seemingly constantly. He sometimes does talk about how he feels, but this behavior has been going on for months with no long-term improvement. Some of this behavior may be related to the anxiety regarding the arrival of the twins. Although fundamentally, my wife and the fetuses are very healthy. She has been quite sick for the entire pregnancy, so the change in her energy levels, etc. is very clear to him. He knows the babies will be delivered in a hospital and has asked on several occasions if hospitals are only for sick people. I've tried to explain to him that hospitals are also for doctors who are experts in helping healthy people stay healthy. Sometimes I feel that his hitting comes from a desire to know what he can get away with, such as when you're playing with him and having a great time and out of nowhere, he hits hard. Any direction you can offer is appreciated. So first, Kevin is a member, so I went ahead and answered his question right away. I let him know that first, I appreciated all of the details because that's really, really helpful. Also, that this is very likely related to the arrival of the twins, going from being one an only child to one of three is a big change, along with mom not being as available, maybe really ratcheting up some feelings of jealousy, anger, and insecurities, but these are really deep feelings and difficult for children this age to understand exactly what they're feeling and discuss. So. Also, preschoolers will often act out against parents since this is where and with whom they feel they can go to and let go and not have to always hold it together. But at school, they usually do pretty well keeping their emotions in check. Now, giving the upcoming changes, I remember how exhausting it was being pregnant with twins, especially at the end, that mom has probably not been as available. It is very possible that feelings of sadness, frustration, and anger just spilled over at school and affected his ability to keep his emotions in check. Now, I'd just be aware that if he has another incident at school of the same magnitude, then you may want to consider getting some outside help to help him learn to work through his emotions in ways that are safe for everyone, especially since he's getting a little closer to four. But here are some tips and angles that I shared with Kevin. Using special time. With babies on the way, it's very important that older siblings feel that they're still important and understand their place in the family. So spending some special time one-on-one or two-on-one time when possible with the older child doing something fun just for him, both now and after as much as possible, will be really important. Also letting him know that at four, that there are a lot of things that he can do that babies cannot, that he can walk and talk and play, run, jump. He can get things for you or the babies once they arrive. That He can be such a big help to everyone. Next, minimize the baby talk and the prep when he's around. New babies get everyone really excited, but twins especially so because it's not very common. And I'm not saying this is happening, but just in case it is, or just to be aware for Kevin and his wife or anyone else out there, if there is a lot of talk from both the mom and the dad or both parents, other family members, neighbors, the community about the babies, and he sees a lot of energy and time and discussion around it, it could be leaving him feeling really insignificant. If every time he turns around, there's a new present for the twins, a new item at the store is for the twins, the neighbor is stopping by to ask about the twins and how mom is doing, as you can imagine, he's probably feeling pretty frustrated over it already. He's resenting them before they're even here. So just try to minimize any prep or discussions when he's around and also point out what he's doing that's new, what a great kid he is, what kind of a help he's going to be. You want to use time ins and coaching for aggression. A time in is pulling your child aside and coaching for one minute per age. So at four, that would be for four minutes, starting with talking about his feelings. This is to make sure that he feels heard, which I just shared about in the last question before giving the message about hitting another aggression, not being tolerated. If he's angry or hurt, he won't be able to hear the message. Then once he's calm and has shared his feelings, let him know. The feelings are normal but how hitting is unacceptable. You can ask how you think hitting feels to the other person. How would he feel if he got hit and what he could do differently next time? And then have him practice. Whether for him he decides that using his words is a better way. I'm sad the book is over. I'm mad we barely got any time to read today. Have him say the words. Have him practice in that moment when he's calm so that when it's a moment when he's more upset, it will start to become more natural. If it's deep breaths or counting, he can practice those. Whatever he chooses as a way to calm down or share his frustrations, he should practice right there in that moment during the coaching session. Now, as i shared kevin is a member so i answered his question right away and gave him several more tips including how to problem solve repetitive struggles and how to have tools ready to deal with those in those moments which i don't have time to cover here along with some recommendations that he and his wife can watch Some other classes such as helping kids with anger and aggression, misbehaviors and solutions, which talks about the four common reasons behind a child's misbehavior, and to work on that particular issue, that particular reason for misbehavior and all the solutions of ways that you can work on those. And then also the siblings without rivalry class, which shares how to introduce a child to a new sibling or siblings once they're born, and all the ways to set up and work to keep those sibling relationships building and growing Starting as early as infancy, believe it or not. Also, I'll be putting up a video on Instagram this week about what I love about kids' sports and the lessons for our youth, along with some do's and don'ts for parents whose kids are in sports. But now I'm going to share about our experience this past weekend, mine and Carter's, at the Junior Olympics swimming competition. So if you're interested, keep listening. If you're not, We'll see you next week. Um, So Carter qualified in two events for the Junior Olympics this past weekend, the 50 fly and the 100 free. Now, what I didn't understand is that at his age, in the 9-10 age group, um, because the last time he did this, the 8 and unders don't do this, but they have preliminaries and they have finals. So you do your event in the morning, and then if you're in the top 16, you qualify for the finals and you come back later that day. And you do your finals. So with swimming, the kids get there. They do the warm-up as a team. And then you wait for your event. You do your event. And then for the finals, it's the same thing. You come back in the afternoon. You warm-up. And then you do your event for the finals. So Carter does his event. The 50 fly is on Saturday. And we get back to the hotel room and I look. And he's 17th. Well, they take 16 of the kids for the finals. There's two heats, eight kids each, eight lanes each. He's 17th. Not as he's 17th, he's 0.18 seconds behind 16th place. So luckily I didn't make any assumptions about that. I actually texted the coach and texted some of the other teammates because I didn't under I didn't know for sure. I just wanted to make sure. Well it turns out that yes, that was the case that They take the top 16 kids. However, he was considered an alternate. And so if one of the 16 kids doesn't show up for that event, he gets called up and is expected to race. So he was asked to come back, do the warm-up, and then wait for his event. And if there was a space open, do his event. So we had to go back at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, does his warm-up. And there's a specific place where they stand and they wait and we're standing there waiting. His event was event 38 and we got there at event 30. Now it's freezing. This weekend, it was so cold and raining like the entire time for this event. So I had him in the car a lot with the heater running to keep this kid warm and getting him out of his wetsuits into his dry suits between events after the warmups. Anyway, we're up there at event 30 and we're waiting and we're standing in this spot where the alternates are supposed to stand. These kids are getting up. They're calling the kids up. or They're calling the event. The kids get up. The first heat, all eight kids get up. They go off. The next heat, all eight kids get up, they go off. The next event, all eight kids get up, they go off. The next heat, all eight kids get up, they go off. No other alternates are even up there waiting. And now I'm starting to think, are we in the right place? Are we, is this really what we're supposed to do? So I try to get the attention of the USA swimming official, but of course these kids are just getting up and going, getting up and going, swimming their events. She's watching them to make sure that everybody's doing the strokes properly, that nobody's getting disqualified, that obviously that the kids are all stepping up onto the blocks when they're supposed to. This is very regimented it's a really interesting to watch so she's like give me a second give me a second she was super sweet and polite and I felt so bad interrupting her and so she finally she's like looks over to answer my question and I ask her I'm like Are, is this where we're supposed to stand he's an alternate and she said yes you're great you're fine um and she apologized for taking so long to answer my question which was very sweet because she has an important job to do This entire time, through all these events, it's pouring down rain. We're just getting soaked. So we're standing there. Every single event, there was not a single spot open. His event gets up. Event 38, the first heat, all eight kids get up and stand at the block. And they all go off, and we're standing there waiting. The next, the second heat of his event, kids get up to the block. There's a block with one kid missing. They call his name. He doesn't answer. Nobody comes up. They call his name again. He doesn't come up. So I point to Carter and I said, he's here for this event if this kid doesn't show up. I just wanted to make sure they weren't just going to sort of blow over us because nobody else has had, had had any alternates come up. Sure enough, they said, first alternate, Carter Azerland, And I told him that he has to be ready to like whip off his parka, whip off his sweatshirt, pull his goggles down and run over, take off his shoes and run over there. So he rips off everything, and he pulls out his goggles, he goes running over there. Like, it was really quite dramatic, and all of the, like, a lot of kids and parents, they all start cheering for him, because he gets a chance to race, because he came up, he stood there, he did the warm-up, you know, and he stood there in the rain waiting for his event to come up, and he gets this chance to race, and he's ready to go. And he runs over there, and he gets on the block. He gets up to race, the race goes off, it finishes, and he ends up moving up three more spots. So he finishes 14th overall in this event. And it was because he swam very consistently. He didn't cut off any more time from his event, but he was right within a split second of his performance earlier that morning. And some of the other kids didn't swim as consistently. So he ended up moving up those three spots, including the one who didn't show up, to end up in 14th place, which is really um, which is really quite impressive. And I'm really, really proud of him. You know He's only been back in the sport for six months. He took a year and a half off and yet he came to this meet that's a very competitive meet. This is kids all over California and even into Nevada and he placed 14th overall. So I'm just extremely proud of him and he learned a really important lesson because we're in the hotel room and I explained to him that the top 16 go on and that he was 17th and that he was 0.18 seconds behind the kid in 16th place he was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like he was, it was kind of a funny reaction. Like he was sort of annoyed and kind of mad, but, but he was also very cute about it in that he was like, no way is this happening? I cannot believe this is happening. But then I told him he was an alternate and explained the whole thing. And the fact that he just, you know, he went with it and he's like, I can't believe I'm going to go, we're going to go back to this event that we're going to go back to this event, that we're going to go, I'm going to do warm-ups. He's like, if I don't get to swim, I'm going to be really mad. But you know, that was the deal. But he did it anyway. He did the work. He went and did the warm-up. He stood in line and he went and swam and he had a great race. And it was just a really important lesson. And he really learned that if he has these goals and he really wants to do this, that he has to Put in the effort every day at practice 100%. Give it his all. And he hasn't been doing that, to be really honest. And he knows it. And so this was the opportunity to... For him to learn this lesson and now he's feeling really motivated to go back and practice hard and to go back to the next championship meet and to qualify for more events and to get in and to place higher in these events so it was a really emotional and very exciting and a huge growth experience for us both so for those who stuck around and listened to the whole story thank you and i hope you enjoyed it If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, you can send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening, and see you next week. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving.